0: Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Go ahead. Hi. Welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him! Uh, today we're going to be talking about Babe City Hotline by Georgia Kate Bell and Laura Calbiot... <laughs> try again. <laughs> this is your auspicious return. Go on. Try again. <laughs> I want everyone to know that I'm still sick. Um, <laughs> Babe City Hotline by Georgia Kate Bell and Laura Cal This is Where We Live by Feet First Collective. Hell Song by Dane Blacklock and the Preacher's Daughter. Fantastic work. So exciting. Ah, oh, good to have you back. Excited to be here. Hey, James. Hi, Jake. <laughs> You're back. I'm back. I'm back in a, I was going to say big way, but I'm not. I'm just back in a way. Yep. I'm back in many ways. Sure. Uh, yeah. One of them physically and auditory Hmm? <laughs> My brain is a little less than it was.
1: Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and you really couldn't afford to lose. <laughs> ah. Oh, no, what you oh, dear. That's great. No, but that's good. You've risen. I've risen.
0: He has. Great. Um, I was sick, but I'm not. But I am. Terrific. Is okay. my story. How about you, Jake? Are... I, guess,
1: I guess maybe we should stop. Maybe try again. Let's let's pretend you're healthy. Just because I think if I were listening to this, you I'd feel get too, sad. Yes, I'd get and I'd get too hung up on worrying. This is
0: real life, people. <laughs> Some people get sick and you have to work through it. Not in showbiz. You, yes, yes, in showbiz no, all no, the
1: time. No, no, you just take a bunch of drugs and you go out there and then you play Velma Kelly. That's what you do. That's good, kid. <laughs> um, they got understudies though. For Who students. does? Oh, sure, people. Oh, you're gonna let your understudy go on and have them upstage you and take your role? Hi, I'm James's understudy. Oh, How's hi. That? Is that a good
0: bit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. Bring him back. Hello! So, that's how it begins, James. Oh, no. <laughs> I get more along with oh, the Oh, no. I just felt it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then I never see you again. I drowned him in the bath. Um, <laughs> oh, no. He was my <laughs> favorite. Stanley's dead. That was my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> he was at my wedding. Um, <laughs> how has your week been, Jake? <laughs> my week has been fine. It's been a lot of, like, now we are, like, the fringe has officially closed itself. The, the fringe chiller is over. The French chinchilla, Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, It is... Because a, a chinchilla is an animal? Yeah, it's like a little rodent adjacent animal. They're very cute. Because it's one of those ones that they turn into scarves. Ah, uh, they did. <laughs> Talk to me in they fashion. <laughs> ah. Scarves and sometimes small vests. Small vests. Mm-hmm. Those chinchillas are not big. Okay, so if you wanted a vest, it'd have to be a small one. Or Siamese chinchillas. Well, wasn't there? Mr. Burns had a line about chinchillas, doesn't he? In his in his magnificent. Well, was song. G- the vest was gorilla chest. Yes. Was there? Was I don't Robert's think it's vest chin- Sweaters. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think there was a chinchilla See involved. See my jumper, twas a chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not what he says? I don't think so. <laughs> See
0: no. my hat, it was a chinchilla. my <laughs> hat was my cat. Evening wear, vampire bat.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think there's sweaters ch- vest. I've got my shell. Turtlenecks Turtlenecks It's a turtleneck made out of a turtle's neck That's clever It's really clever You're <laughs> weak <laughs> No I'm not I Well part of what happened was I went to But yeah so fringe is done So that's fringe why you're done. That's why RIP. you're sensing this closure So what we're doing now is essentially like Revisiting it mentally with you And kind of reflecting on the fringe that was
0: I'm trying to think of a good one Hold on
1: What are you trying to think
0: about? Fringe uh, Fringe the beginning it's like in the beginning but it's fringe the beginning. Oh like from the Bible? From the Bible. Oh little. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Um because we're taking a, a, a view on
1: fringe. A reflection, if you will yes <laughs> yep yeah we're reflecting as opposed to being like guerrilla reporters in the thick of it shouting over which is the what we were at the first bit uh sure yeah no I, th- I think we're people understand the passage the of time no no yes but yeah no in terms of like last week I suppose partly it was like uh, sort of like I don't know mentally bouncing back from having been immersed in theatre for like such a hardcore amount of time mm. um but yeah otherwise it went to musical bingo with musical bingo Musical bingo I went with Blonde Haley uh-huh. And our pal Connor uh-huh. Different Connor To the Connor That you maybe just listened to Other Connor He's from Glasgow Oh Glasgow is he Glass- He's from Glazzy That's great Yes Gotta love having a Gazzy and Glazzy Have a Gazzy and Ugh Hmm
0: Gazzy Anywhere you want <laughs> Um so, um, okay, so the three of you? Yep, right. musical
1: bingo. Haley won. She's incredible. Well, what is the premise of musical bingo? Musical bingo is you sit there. We accidentally attended it. We just sat down in this bar, and then this man was like, want to play musical bingo? Oh, God. And I was like, are you about to stab us in the face, Jesus. sir? <laughs> want to play musical bingo? Gah! <laughs> yeah, just lost. <laughs> He's killed ten men this morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you sit there, you have like a bingo school card, the card itself is full of like instead of it being numbers, I've never played real bingo before, instead of numbers it is names of songs. Okay. And then he is essentially like a DJ who plays bits of the song, like a Bits of songs, and then if you hear a song and you have the title of that song on your bingo card, you cross it off. And then if you get a line or a full card completed, you win you bingo. You bingo. You bingo. Um, what was the prize? Um, the first round that we were there, the prize was. Oh, what was it? It was like. Oh, it was like a bottle of wine. Oh, and then the round that Blond, like blonde Haley won was. She uh, won a round. She won the ah! like the last round, the biggest round to win. She's blonde very Hayley. talented. And you got like like a hundred dollar gift card to the Lucky cock Oh my god. That's yeah. a lot of four dollar pizzas. It is. That's we love amazing. fortunate penises and we love well priced
0: pizzas. Fortunate penises. Fortunate that's penises. Funny. Yeah, right. That's very funny.
1: I've actually read quick. books. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's something. That um, is something. Yeah. Um, anyway, what about your your week? Oh. <laughs>
0: Look, my my past two weeks, guy. I feel like every time I come on this show now, I'm just I'm just telling you I'm sad. I'm not. Just the last two weeks have been pretty grim. <laughs> just. <Okay. laughs>
1: Look, I'm not sad. I've just been pretty sad. Pretty sad.
0: <laughs> no, it's just an ongoing drama. I'm sure some of you out there will relate. Mm. When you're sick and you're just your immune system is not up to scratch, and I've just been for the past like month, I have been teetering on the edge of full blown sickness. Uh huh. So I've had to sort of like stay out of the, stay on the wings, so I'm not actually doing anything fun. So I've cancelled on. I was gonna go and see Chicago. Oh, I wow. was going to go to see Chicago. Oh. I'm sorry
1: for bringing up Velma Kelly like oh, that. Oh, no, it's turn. fine. I didn't want to
0: bring anything. I didn't want to make it dampened up. And here I am um, being sad about Chicago. Just sopping wet, James. Just
1: sopping. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. Yeah, no, I've got nothing to say. About the Chicago you didn't see? Have you heard well, good things? I saw an ad, not to talk about this thing you clearly don't want to talk about. I saw an ad for it on the train. You know those posters that are always out of date? That you yes, see on the train, yes. at the top, like, like the on the inside? From, yeah, yeah, Yes, there was one for this Chicago, but it was like sh- like circus themed? It, my
0: mother went, and because I was going to go with my family, and my mum was saying it was circus themed and it was amazing.
1: Oh. Which was... Because I'm just used to it being like sex themed.
0: <laughs> well, arguably the circus is the sexiest place you can go. That's think of an, an argument think I think enjoy. The clowns, they are hot, hot, big clown hands. <laughs> imagine all them
1: big clown hands throwing <sighs> people around. Good for honking. Good for hon- uh, and sex is oh, mostly honking. It's mostly honking. It's mostly noises. That's, That's how, how I do sweet. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ooga.
0: <okay. laughs> um. So, didn't see Chicago, but it was
1: circusy. <laughs> but it was
0: circusy. What an interesting
1: thing to Apparently, lean into. It was very
0: good. Okay. Um. So, clock theater. Well done. Oh TikTok, TikTok, ah! Uh, but no, otherwise I've just been like going to work, getting to the end of the shift, feeling really shit, going home, going to sleep, and then going to work again. Mm. So that has been my oh sweet Kafka. Like that's been my entire two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. However, last night I did go to hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, just because it was g- going to be funny to say. Why did hot you hot pot? Hot pot. No,
0: my um, uh, my partner Flynn.
1: Mm, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. You. Me. With a partner. Flynn. Ah! Yeah. Someone's a hot pot was, was at last. Was hot pot.
0: <laughs> Doll. We went hot potting. <laughs> uh, and two we like, two, uh, three of his friends and we just g- went to the hot pot. Have you been to a hot pot before?
1: I, if hot pot is what I think it is, when I was in Vietnam with little tiny David. Yes. We went to a Vietnam, we were in Vietnam. So the restaurant was yes. Vietnamese naturally. No, <laughs> it was just a restaurant. The, yes, it was. <laughs> um, But is the hot pot the same thing as when you sit there and they give you all of like the raw ingredients and then you put it into a cauldron yourself? Uh, It is, yes. However, the hot pot we went to was set up
0: differently. Uh Uh-huh. So, this one was like, you walk in. It's the one on Swanson Street to anyone listening. You walk in, and then on your right is a wall of shelves full of ingredients. Oh, my God. Full of, like, multiple different types of vegetables, multiple different forms of tofu, all these different meats and stuff. And you just go through grab. And so, you grab this giant pot... You fill it up with all the ingredients you want. Mm. You give it to the counter, and you say, "I want this as a stir fry, or I want it as a hot pot, <laughs> or um, I want it as a, as a shoe. I, I want, want it as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs> um, surprise me. <laughs> um, I wanted. it We wanted it as a hot pot, so they made it. They put in the big broth. You choose the spiciness." And then they just bring it out to you in a giant bowl and you just go to town. Oh, great. Delicious. And it removes all the fear of having to cook it yourself. That is that is fearful. Fearful. Because I'm always scared that
1: I'm going to undercook anything and it's going to make me feel gross. Oh, shit, yes. Yeah. I went, like, a few months ago, I went with British Johnny to see, uh, to, like, a similar thing that's on, like, I think, Russell Street or Exhibition Street, maybe. Yep. It's, like, quite small. And mm. it was so small that it was like, is this, like, against the law? Oh, God, that's small. <laughs> just in the way, because, like, you go in and then it sounds like a similar setup in the way of, like, it's almost, like the, like, the Subway sandwich ingredients yes. section. But everything's, like, chicken hearts and, like, duck face. And I was like, god! Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, there
0: is a hot pot on, um, Russell Street as well, like, the same, uh, branch. Oh, yeah, I maybe we were meant to just, the like, the place. little baby version of where there you, you go. went. go.
1: But, yeah, it was intimidating. I ate more hearts that day than I've ever eaten. You ate a chicken heart? In the marketplace, yes. Well, I did because I wanted to impress beautiful British Johnny. <laughs> was it chewy? It was, uh... Yeah, it had some resistance to it. I feel like that that duck new love heart. It's like chicken resistance. heart or duck heart. It was a chicken heart, right? Why are you asking me? Because I can't remember what I said. I'm too. F- okay. Which I'm- one sounds more like it's inside you? Bawk, bawk. Quack quack. God, when I watched that vegan documentary, I could feel the pigs squealing inside of me. I purposely not watched that. Documentary. Oh my god, because it just <clears throat> makes you feel so bad, and I just I, I truly felt in my body like I could hear the pigs being like, "What have you done?" <laughs> You know all I hear pigs say? What? Eat me! I'm delicious. I'm I'm designed to be eaten.
0: <laughs> oh, that's all I hear. Give yourself some pork. Mind yeah. you, I have been feverish recently.
1: That's so. true. So I've been hearing a few things. You've been hearing pig voices. Um, otherwise, our garden has taken off. Great. Where'd where it go? <laughs> it took off like Thelma and Louise. Is that it what you're ran saying? Away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's funny, Jake. Oh, well, my brain is still not fast enough to keep up with this. Um, but the garden has grown. Mm-hmm. It's growing faster, so we've almost got zucchinis. We've also almost got chilies. We've almost got tomatoes. We have got some <gasps> snapdragons. We got some. Uh, Can you marigolds. eat snapdragons? No, but they're just to make bees pollinate the place. Oh, great! Yeah. You're going to eat soon. We're going to eat stuff. <laughs> There's going to be things to eat. Oh, wow! And the lemon tree started to flower. It's all very exciting. Great! And my housemate's got me a lime tree for my birthday, so I now have a little lime tree out there that's Adorable. slowly getting off there. It's just that's, that's been nice. Mm-hmm. It's my one reprieve in this dark time.
1: Quack quack. Quack, quack indeed. <laughs>
0: um, and do you have any other... So,
1: so out of five. Mm. Let's go with... Um, let's go with 22 stars.
0: 22?
1: <laughs> because that's how many songs I got on Musical Bingo. Not 22. enough to win. Yeah. it's a good amount. Yeah. Thank you. How many were there? 25. Oh, that's really good. Five by five square. Did the mathematics in my head moments before I told oh, you about my you star go. rating. Thank you. Well yeah, hey, well what done. about yours? Ugh. <sighs> oh. What's um, oh, <laughs> God. What do I give? I give mine. How many pigs did you hear squealing? <laughs> Wait, no, they're not squealing to you. They're being like. They're <laughs> encouraging. <laughs> they have, do. Do. They're have pork conversations. <laughs> Hey, James. Uh, I'm trying to initiate a pork talk. <laughs> pork talk. To- pork talk. Do um, to- I give
0: myself. Two stars Two stars Which is how many rice sticks we put in our hot pot yesterday And we really wish we put more in And that sums
1: up the vibe of my past two weeks Oh sure, you know what also has two stars? Chicago the musical
0: two, oh. Okay, two
1: stars <laughs> as an actresses, yes Yes That's
0: good I thought you meant this show got a review for two stars and That would be horrible Oh, can you her.
1: imagine? <laughs> I'm did you like... believe? <laughs>
0: two stars, how embarrassing Oh,
1: do you want to talk about some theatre? Ah, uh, yeah, we might as well Alright,
0: fringe time
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: God. I'm so excited to hear about the show because Jake was just
1: looking at his notes and giggling. (laughs) What? Uh, Maybe I liked it. Okay. I'm looking forward to finding out. (laughs) Okay. So I saw this show called Babe City Hotline. Oh, sounds like I should have been there. Because you. Babe, in the city. The hotline oh and you're a pig
0: yeah <laughs> like, yeah I'm in the city yeah
1: yeah go on yeah uh, this show was not about pigs in any sort of explicit way this uh, so the uh, so I went with Sebastiano we ran into Tobias so the three of us saw this show together oh we had fun yeah it was a really great little trio to be seeing this show in we didn't know anything about it going in I just remember um, yeah seeing like some sort of promo imagery for it and being like this looks fun and well coloured uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, in terms of aesthetic of set <laughs> don't it's political. <laughs> 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 Nothing not that there's anything bad not being well colored. I why would you even suggest that they wouldn't? Because be? it sounded like you were saying Let's that. Let's keep skating. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yes. Um so then we got there and it was in the trade like trades hall, in one of the like the rooms in trades hall. Yep. I'm yeah. familiar. Are <laughs> you familiar with how rooms work? How rooms work? Yeah, so then we went in and it was like would, of course preset orgasm fantastic oh heaven so the cast is like most of the cast is sitting there sort of in chairs cell block tango style oh like <laughs> sprawled and- over the oh cuz the sexy what is? I was assuming it's sexy It's called Babe City Well assumed honestly Thank you so much um, Yeah so they're sitting there In chairs beside each other Then we go in And somehow the show Already looks really beautiful I believe there's like, like Girl band anthems playing uh. And I was like Oh my god Is this perfect art? Maybe <laughs> um, Somehow it also smells good I don't know if that's just Because I was sitting behind Some like fun woman In the audience it's bank the whole or that...
0: experience
1: Yeah but it, I, I don't know if the show Somehow consciously smelled Like Britney Spears' fantasy But But it did It felt like it certainly oh. did And so I was. sitting in there next to Sebastiano and then yeah and so then the show starts. And so the show itself is essentially it's like takes place in like an office and the office is for Babe City Hotline. And Babe City Hotline uh-huh. is this hotline you can call and it's like one of those like sex lines where you call oh. up and they're like, hey baby. Oh <laughs> wanna fuck me on the roof. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, of course I do. <laughs> <How laughs> fuck me on the roof. <laughs> That's what with of thing. my penis So there was like this uh there was like interspersed moments where what it would be which is how the show started and then yeah there were moments of it throughout where it was just like all of them sitting around sitting on their little headsets saying these like beautiful disgusting things to these people on the phone and it opens this way and we probably saw maybe like five minutes of this material and I I was like this is all the preset well, this, no, this is, like, oh, the show the begins, opening, it's open now. and then okay. we start, and then it's like, hey! <laughs> yes, okay, great. Yeah, and I was like, oh! And so we're, like, five minutes deep into this thing that is just, like, layered text to them saying these disgusting things on the phone. Oh, my God. And I'm like, is this the whole show? And also, I don't mind if this is the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> it was really terrific. Wow, that sounds like a really fun time. Yeah, that was fun. And then, so then, sort of, like, between that, so imagining that that is kind of, like, a thing that recurs, I think, three times, that sort of setup. up, mm-hmm. um... Between that, we kind of have, and this, yeah, and so then what kind of happens is, is that classic thing of like, there's a new employee, and that is therefore the vessel through which we get sort of like our questions answered in terms of how this office space works and like what this world is that we're suddenly a part of, and that's when I start realizing what I love about this show, Uh (laughs) because I was. It was kind of quite flummoxing, the whole piece as a piece of art. And it was the kind of thing where it was, like, even more... Like, more... Not more fun. It was really fun afterwards to walk with Toby and Sebastiano and kind of unpack, like, what the fuck just happened to us? (laughs) Why do we all feel so happy and confused? Um, And, yeah. And so what kind of happens is throughout the show, it's this very meandering plot. Yep. Meandering in the way where it's, like... (laughs) kind of nothing it feels very like dramatically deliberate or very well resolved <laughs> in a way that You're I'm describing obsessed. a bad show. Jake. Well, that's the thing. And that's part of what we were talking about afterwards. It's like, like on paper and that, and this sort of like is, cause this was quite early on in my fringe experience. And it's, it really sort of started giving me the language necessary to understand what it is that I especially like about like independent theater. But it was because part of the magic of this show would have been killed by someone coming into the rehearsal room and being like, guys, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and not a lot of things are happening <clears throat> in the way that, like, it would happen in a normal piece of drama. Right. Because there's, like... Um, <laughs> out of nowhere, one of the call centre workers suddenly gets scouted to... Okay. <laughs> let me take a step back. So, one element that I loved <coughs> was this character kept trying to tell this story about how she was sort of getting stalked and then started talking to this man in the street. Uh But as she tries to tell this story that is very simple in essence, everyone listening to the story in the office is like bullying the crap out of her. Oh my God. (laughs) From like the get go. It's like, okay. So I was walking down the street and then someone's just like, oh my God, you fat bitch. Why can't you just (laughs) tell an interesting story? It's like, so then I got to the cafe. It's like, okay, great. We don't give a fuck. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, this is, how, how many, many people
0: in the cast? How many people I the believe stage? it was
1: like six or seven. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was just one component. And then that, that little anecdote ends up being a story about how she gets scouted to be a children's book illustrator. What? <laughs> a passion that is not flagged before <laughs> she gets the job. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the play kind of becomes about saying goodbye to her at the same time as us getting to know this one new employee. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, this is just, there's so many like pots on the stove. Yeah but they're all barely being tended to. Ah, <laughs> and it was heaven. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, they were like, two Two of the women were kind of in love with each other, but that also didn't hog a lot of stage time. <laughs> I just... <laughs>
0: it, <laughs> it sounds like you've got a real a real smorgasbord of stuff going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and that's kind of the thing. I just yeah. want to also point out that, like, um, Harry Dowling and Lauren Caltabiano, were, like, these standout, immaculate performances. Because part of two part of why the show was so engaging was this cast was just <laughs> so dynamic and weird and mm. so committed to the strange thing that they were doing oh. where it kind of just like, it's almost that like Grease 2 effect of like everyone in it is just so into it that it's like, is this the best thing I've ever seen? You just like Grease. <laughs> I do. <Ugh>, Grease 2. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it was, it was that kind of thing. Um, and it was just, there was something so thrilling and somehow almost relieving about seeing a show that could be so entrancing and loud and weird and vibrant and confident while lacking a lot of the things that would consider like that people often consider to make something dramatically good. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, because again, dramaturgically a mess. <laughs> but it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Got to walk away and say that that's yeah, power of the actors. Um like I I would 100% see it again. I would 100% tell people to go and see it. Oh. Um it's got a high rewatchability vibe to it, yeah. and I hope it comes back. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that sounds so fun. I'm so upset that I missed that. Yeah, well, no, it's a great tragedy. Um, but yeah, no. Have you ever called a sex hotline? <laughs> no, but I've
0: always, I've always
1: wanted to. Why? I don't know. Just to
0: experience that exact thing you've just described of the sort of like fuck me on the roof. Like, what do they talk about? What do they do? I'm so phone sex has always. Confused and scared me.
1: Phone sex with even someone that you're with? Yes. Why? Because there's something so much easier about texting, because you can... <laughs> you but can... you find text sexting easier than...
0: Yes. Oh, God, yes. Sexting is much easier than, like, a phone call. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because you can... You can proofread what you're saying. You, when you're on the phone, you have to make it up on
1: the fly. Okay. You know? That... Sure. Sure. Does that mean that you have much of a... Um, proclivity for, like, enjoying... Like erotica, like a written down, like we were you one of those people that was like, oh, two members of One Direction having sex in like. No, okay, un- no, I was what? never, I was
0: never <laughs> fan fiction erotica, but I definitely have read my share of the old. Uh... The old written smut, like, if, if you smut. will, the old written spanky-wanky I have, yeah. yes. And it gives you, like, a special species of, like, thrill. Well, I think there's something also in in just the simple way that writing things down allows you to tell story beyond just words. Like, you can sort of, like, say, like, what people are feeling and what people are sort of, you know, like, you can say all these things that just a conversation can't. But why can't a conversation say those things? Because you can't, I don't know, I think it's, I find it more... Of an all-encompassing view, whereas a conversation you're having on the phone is more like, I'm in my head and I'm saying these words
1: to you so I can hear what you say, but I can't hear what's in your head, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. So if you were with a person and for some reason they were like away for a few months and they were like, I want to do like phone sex, would you be like, I'll do it, but I know I won't enjoy it? I would do it. I think I would do that. I would not say that I would not enjoy it, but okay. I would say, yep. And Absolutely. you don't think you'd enjoy it?
0: I could. I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying I'd hate it, but I, mm. I I think I I I think I'd find it difficult to find it easy. I wouldn't slip into the. Why are you a big phone sex person? No, you sound like no, a big fan no. Of no,
1: all. no. It's interesting because I I don't I don't think I've ever really spoken to anyone about it. Yeah, mm. no, because yeah. I, I think it requires a special level of like confidence. Yes. Um, well, and, sort of like, and openness. Hey, baby.
0: I'm here and I'm this is my voice and
1: this is live. We're we're live. We're live. <laughs> yeah, you have to go you with know, Fraser with it. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. No, and I think I, I I I think linguistically I'm quite prudish in terms of the things that I'm yep. still And mm. I I'm certainly I should have developed more comfort with talking about sexual things, mm. especially with intimate partners. Mm. Um I still feel like it's, like, giggly and weird. Because there's a big difference between saying, like, between writing down, I want to fuck you in the ass, and then sure. saying out loud, <laughs> I want to fuck you in the ass. You know, it's a yeah. different... It feels oh, sure. different. Well, I'm certainly still... I've never typed, I want to fuck you in the ass to a person. You haven't
0: lived.
1: <laughs> you haven't lived. Yeah, no. I think, yeah, um... I think, no. something, I think there's a fun fusion of the
0: two between, like, on Grindr, I experience a lot of a, and it's always older men mm. sending voice memos. Oh my god. They love sending a voice memo. What do they say? It's always things like. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Oh, that was me cracking my knuckles, you're welcome. <laughs> it's always. Just, they can't see me, Dick. Um, <laughs> it's always things like, hey there, handsome boy, looking pretty sexy. Uh, I've got the place to myself for a night. Uh, oh, don't you come over, we're going to have some fun.
1: It's always it's always oh. that. Is that because they grew up around answering machines? Huh. I don't really think that's why. No, like, I... But I, was I, it a more talky vibe? Well, I think, because it is usually older men. It's never like, hey. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> always, hi. <laughs> you know, it's always <laughs> creepy old men. Sure. Well, that almost suggests that they think their voices are sexy.
0: They are wrong, <laughs> most of the time they are. If I ever received a voice memo that was like a, from a hot voice, I don't know what I would do or re- how I would react.
1: Okay, just to just to make sure you don't have like an age thing. Could a person in oh, their forties? Absolutely, sure. So they yes. could have a hot voice. Yeah, yeah. I just find
0: the people that send those voice memos are often not people I would want to.
1: <laughs> Have the sex. Well, it with. sounds also as if the people sending these voice messages are maybe putting a voice on, which I think oftentimes you can tell. Well, no, that's what I mean. They're not putting voices on. It's just oh, the okay. way It's clearly
0: the way they speak. They sound like they would be, I don't know, better suited to, like, the sort of people that you would see drunk on Christmas Day at the back of, like, a shitty party. Truck on Christmas Day at the hey, back of uh, a like like uh, what, what image Weird is this? uncle, weird uncle. Oh, okay. You know, my my family Christmases are different to yours. They must be. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you send? A, have you sent a voice memo? What is your experience of using your voice sexually? My voice sexually.
1: Um, I oh. <laughs> into, <laughs> wait, no, uh, oh no, I'm just thinking. Into so this is different to just being with a person and having to say sexual things. I guess that's what like I mean. this is, what this do is you different use to your the, voice sexually for. Um. Like, where, well, in, no, I think all I'm getting hung up on is the thing of like, I whenever and this is partly why I'm so new to the idea of even like saying sexual things. I guess mm. to a person. Yeah. Is I just have this worry that they'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh ah! or they'll be like, oh my god, what <laughs> you said. What? Yeah, I'm really worried the person I'm talking to will be like, Jake, what did you just say? Hello, police. Um, you're Hello, just... therapist. <laughs> yeah, I just have that fear. And I think it, it, it's not to overshare these things, but it's like, I think it's it ties itself a lot to my experience of what sex is. I think this worry that at some point someone's going to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I think that because I think there is something so much, you're giving
0: so much more of yourself away with your voice because that's like, it's you. It's like, it's coming from your brain. It's not just like, you know, a physical, sexy thing you're doing. It's like
1: I'm opening up to you and I'm saying these words out loud and you can hear them. Oh totally. Yes. yes. And that and even I goes t- outside of. Totally like that. I don't know how you feel, but even just my relationship with my voice and it being like a gay sounding voice. I hate my voice. The, so right? Much. And it's yep. like, oh my god, like it's insane to think that we're doing a podcast. Because yeah. of the amount of time that I spent not wanting to ever hear my voice or see my face, um, this is not what I should be doing based on the way that I used to feel about these things. Not that I've overcome any of it. We're conquering them one by one, Jake. Here we are. They said said we couldn't do it. And
0: they still do. They still (laughs) say that. And arguably some people would say (laughs) they're right. (laughs) Arguably, like, I say it. (laughs) Loudly. To me. Yeah. um,
1: Um, Great. Okay, do you want to talk about a different show? I mean, I I guess. Do you have more to say about Babe City Hotline? Because that sounds like such a wonderful experience. Oh my god, it was so fun. I really hope I get to see it again. Yeah, I I hope this group of people are... My selfish prayer is that they are devoted to telling stories in this way. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds (laughs) right up your alley. Oh my god, to make theatre that kind of like shirks convention in this way that prioritises... Glitter, not glitter. Glitter is such a late. I'm sick Glamour of people. And fun. Oh my god, I'm fucking sick of people putting like glitter in their show description. Not that this show did. I don't think they did. But even if they did, the show was fantastic. But people just throwing glitter into their like show descriptions to be like, oh, and you'll have fun. It's like, yeah, sure. Shut up. <laughs> Why, Jay? <Jake? laughs> because I never have fun at those shows. Is that because you get glitter in your eyes? Oh, you know I have my eyes, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> 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 your eyes are really sparkly, Jay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm in constant pain. Yeah. No, it just seems like. One of those things, uh, and somehow also it kind of reeks of someone that had to write a show description before they'd written the show, and they're like, "We'll just say there's glitter in it, and we'll just and try then to remember we'll do that." Yeah, <laughs> sure. No, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Anyway, that's a side gripe. It seems like a thing. But yes, out. for these people to be, yeah, I pray that they continue to make theater that is just about having it be enjoyable and weird. Um, and and not getting hung up on some person wearing glasses being like um, this really doesn't all hold up uh, dramaturgically. Do they have to be wearing glasses? Of course. Otherwise why do they talk like that? (laughs) Good point. Thank you. Next!
0: Hello, Jake. Oh, James, hi. I'm here as well. Oh yeah, hello. You've been the whole time. <laughs> um, I I too went to see shows in the Fringe Festival
1: just oh. past. Oh, great. <laughs> here I am to tell you about one of them. That's good. I feel like we're putting our like, little outfits on to try lancing for the first time. Lancing? Lancing. Is that what it's called when those two men sit on horses facing each other? Jousting. His... <laughs> is the lance the stick? The lance is the stick. So the men are jousting. The men are jousting. They use lances. Is, lances. is jousting also a sex thing? Jousting. I mean, I, I think
0: insofar as like it's evokes the image of f- frotting two penises together.
1: <laughs> okay, let's pretend I never asked these questions. <laughs> okay, tech <take> two. <laughs> hey, you wanna you want to joust? Like, oh oh like maybe.
0: Let me get my armor. <laughs> um yeah, so I went to Theatre Works. Oh, ah. which
1: the St Kilda one or the explosives? Ah St Kilda one? St Kilda one. Right. I've never been to the Explosives one. Still, never. Still, I don't think so because it's, it's very close by, isn't it? Like it's. I'll explain it when we get to a show that happened
0: there. Oh, stay tuned, everyone. Yeah. Oh, that's tantalising. Isn't that nice? Did you see a show at the Explosive Factory this time? Maybe. Oh, oh! even more of a cliffhanger, guys. <laughs> um, but can you just tell me? M- maybe. Oh, <laughs> damn it! All right. Um. So I, I went to see. This is where we live. Oh. Uh, it was um by the Feet First Collective. Uh-huh. Directed by Teresa Izard. Wow. I got this I got the S's and the Z swapped <laughs> around in that name. Sorry, Teresa. Teresa Izzard. Great. Great. Anywho, so Laura Breton and Sam Addison, two-hander. Great. We walk in. Um I went to see it with my friend Patrick. hmm Um, sorted on in, sat in the front row. Yep. Um, empty stage. Great. It's like a... Just like, full of, like, empty like, theatre works. Empty theatre works. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, like, there was tape on the floor in the shape of... At first I thought it was... Do you, you remember in school playing Fours... Uh, what was that? Um, Foursquare? D- Foursquare. Foursquare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was, like, one of those taped out, hmm. like, boxes. Mm-hmm. But it was, um... Turns out, I think what it was meant to be was, like, a road. So it was, like, a large rectangle... And then in the middle with two lines taped out, like the middle of a road. Okay. So the whole place sort of essentially just takes place on the highway.
1: How is that in the middle of a road?
0: Like, it's the two lines down the middle. Are like, the, you know when you go down a road and there's the two lines in the middle of the road? Oh, the two lines, yeah. that mean you the can't overtake anybody. Roads. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I believe it was It was supposed to be. But otherwise, there were two characters starting, sitting in opposite corners of their little squares. Okay. Which walked in... Um, Sorry, no, they were. they were that's how they started, but they walked on. So there was no preset. Okay, devastating. So I'm sorry to burst your little bubble. Thank you. Uh so the show starts, they come on, move to the little squares. Um, and it proceeds to be uh I had purposefully not read anything about the show beforehand. hmm Um I'd sort of like seen very vague things. It did in the description of the show say that it was sort of an uh a twist on um Orpheus and Eurydice. Sure. Uh and I didn't know they're going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like if I had known that, I would have picked up on a few things faster. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, maybe, guys, maybe
1: read about the shows you're seeing. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I, I want... I. I, I yeah, uh, so... No, because you're certainly... I feel like we are both of the belief that you shouldn't have to do any prior reading. At no, all yeah, of. I absolutely think yeah, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think... Cause, cause Patrick, you could have gotten more out of it. I could have gotten more out
0: because Patrick had read that, and we sort of came out and we started discussing, and he was like, I think it's really interesting because of X, Y, and Z, and I went, oh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. to a lot of these um moments. But it, it, it it's one of those shows that's it's um not naturalistic. It's... So, so the two characters, Chloe and Chris, mm-hmm. it's set in this small Australian town mm-hmm. in a sunburned country. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. A land
1: of sweeping planes? A land of sweeping plains. <laughs> yes. So that's well, that's sweeping it. the plane Well it's the job of being a flight attendant Which I think the poem is about I actually did not know that <laughs> What else. are you talking No that's absolutely not what that is poem Is that not what the <laughs> I'm dumb you and think I'm that sick poem was I don't know Someone describing being a flight attendant as I thought being it could have been like a nice Atlanta homage sweeping to early planes. Early
0: <laughs> flight attendants <laughs> Guys I'm stupid I'm a stupid person. <laughs>
1: I love a sunburned country. I love a sunburned country. Stacy said as she put it in the
0: <laughs> Chicken or fish. Oh, look at that sweeping plane. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Great. Settle down. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so, Chloe is the sort of troubled ch- troubled girl. They're oh, no. so 17. They're both sort of like um, children. They're both 17 ish adjacent. Uh-huh. And so she sweeps into town and she's like, this, <laughs> Sweeps. <laughs> sweeps. Stop it. Sweeps into town yes. uh-huh. uh, and is immediately sort of like a rebellious, trouble child school.
1: Mm.
0: And sort of described. The whole show is done as sort of like. It's that style of I do this, I walk over here, it's not very bright, I go over here, it's quite dark. Like it's all very like I do this and then I. Like it's all monologuing essentially.
1: And it's, it's like that real-time monologue yes. of like, and then I walked over here and felt like this. Yes, exactly yeah, that. Okay, sure. Um, is it quite, you're saying it's not naturalism in the way, is it quite stylized? The, the it's very stylized. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Like,
0: like
1: they only said is like maybe a chair and like a... But button. in terms
0: of what she's saying. Yes, oh, sorry. In terms of what she's saying, yeah, it's it's all very, um... Is it
1: more poetry than
0: it is? Well, uh, the, the term is, uh, uh what's it called? Uh, Bogan Shakespeare comes oh, to mind. Sure. Is that Now, I want to clarify, I've not heard the term before seeing this show when Patrick said it after the show. Ah. And to me, it's a good thing. Okay. So I don't know if Bogan Shakespeare comes across as bad. Is that a real term that is people a real use? Ter- yeah, Bogan okay. Shakespeare. Apparently, I, I've not heard it before. What does Bogan Shakespeare sound like? Like, it's sort of like those... It's. it's it, I wish you'd seen this show because this feels like a perfect example of what it is. But it's like people speaking in a sort of crass Australian way, but they are saying the most beautiful things. And mm. when I say crass Australian, I mean like... The, they, the accent is accentuated, it's harsh, it's bogan, mm. and it's, like, it's talking about, like, my cunt and things like that. And, it's like, it's it's crass, horrible language, but it's, like, the, it's the actual content of what they're talking about is really, like, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, like, it's sort of the best way I can describe it. Sure. So the, the whole thing charts the story of Chloe has come into town... Uh, she struggles to fit in. She struggles to get along with anyone because she's always standoffish. She has an abusive stepfather. Her, the, the, her relationship with her mother is awful. Um, and she um, has dyslexia. So she has a lot of things stacked against her. Yes, And it's all about sort of her and the other boy, Chris, who's like, she describes him as an odd boy. He's like a nerd. He He loves poetry and reading and, you know... All these things that make him a bit of an outcast in this small Australian town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his father is like the very strict teacher that sort of has it out for Chloe. Mm-hmm. So it's like this this sort of... just It ch- just sort of charts their sort of relationship developing. And um, ultimately the show is about abuse and trauma and the cycles therein. are mm-hmm. um, And especially sort of like the people we latch ourselves onto and the people we so strongly keep ourselves distanced from when you don't really, when you grow up with trauma. So it was not a light view. Sure. (laughs) Not, not, not fun 24 seven. Um, but. So what happened? (laughs) I'm getting there. Yeah, great. (laughs) Um, yeah. So what happened? I, I, it, as I said, it charts the relationship between these two people and mm. sort of how Chloe comes to stand up for herself at home and the immediate ramifications that has. And it's um I think the most telling part of the show for me is the it's Chris can't really see all the trouble that Chloe's in, and he keeps thinking, I can help you, I can we can be together, we can fix things and he doesn't it doesn't quite click for him. Because he hasn't grown up in in a similar situation to her, mm-hmm. and so I feel watching him so wholeheartedly try to reach out and and because he's fallen in love with her entirely, and and try to share that love entirely with her, and watching her just being not just unwilling but unable to accept that love and sort of take it on at face value is so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really beautiful line that um, uh, Sam has. Uh, Which is, love is a kind of absence, not a loneliness. It's like I'm in two places at once. And I don't know, I just sort of... That, to me, felt very... Maybe it's just because I was sitting there and I'd had a particularly nice day with my partner, Flynn, that I was sort of feeling in a lovey-dovey mood. Mm. And it just sort of... That came the closest to sort of describing what love is to me. Really? Love is a kind of absence. Yeah, because I feel... Not to just harp on about my happy relationship. Keep harping. When I'm not with Flynn, I do feel a very distinct oh like, lack of Flynn. lack of Flynn, lack of my partner. Like it's, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm always sort of thinking, what's he doing? Is he okay? Like there there, there is that sort of foot in both worlds feeling, mm. and just sort of seeing. I don't know. Just hearing that line was just very nice. Do you? What do you? Do you? Does that?
1: That's cute. Did you feel with you? before you met? <clears throat> Flawable, yeah. Yeah. Did you feel an absence of that absence?
0: Not at all. No. Right. Okay. Sure. No, no, no. Fleet is the first. It's it's the first time I felt any sort of love like this. Golly. Okay. Yeah. Which is, and I don't know, seeing, a sh- I, because I had before this seen another show that I'll talk about later, um, about love, and I've just I've just been thinking about love a lot recently. So to see it sort of talked about so bluntly by these two people was so because in, in uh, <laughs> pardon me yes. um, by contrast one of um, her lines that I really really liked one of Chloe's lines was I put glow in the dark stars on my ceiling and don't ask me why I just think that sums up her entire character of like and the insinuation was that that was because she had fallen in love this is before he even mentions that line but that's her sort of out- outlook on life is that idea of like putting the beautiful shiny things up and, and, and putting the home back up and together even though you know it's all going to come crumbling down and you mm. won't have time to enjoy the glow in the dark stars sure I don't know. I just, that sort of made me feel quite sad. There are more things that happen in the show, but I don't want to talk about them because they're all like very large plot points towards the end. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I just, I was quite moved. I didn't, I I sort of, I did walk in and feel, I don't know. I was, because the empty theatre workspace is quite an imposing space to Mm. see. Sure. So I guess I was worried when I went in, but these two actors were just so generous with, with themselves. They really gave themselves entirely to the text. Mm. Um, Laura Bre- Laura Bredden played just Chloe the whole time. Mm. Um, and she was just so... They've done the show before. like mm. it, They've clearly done it before as well. Like You can just tell every line she says is just so... Like I said, it sounds so natural. And it sounds like you just hear it at the schoolyard, like some bitch just talking about anything, but it's just the stuff that comes out of her mouth is so poetic, which is a real testament to um, Vivian Walsh, who wrote the, wrote the piece. Um, yeah. I've lost my train of
1: thought. No, great. No, that's good. <laughs> Sorry. No, I find this, there's always something to me as well so devastating about the thing of like, as a, what it sounds like you're describing that sticking glow-in-the-dark stars to the roof thing. Mm. Efforts people make to try to add uh, uh, to, to, I don't know, to adorn their life with something that even just reminds them, like, almost as a placeholder for the beauty that they're waiting for. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think, there's too, there's something so tragic about, and we you spoke about this earlier, how much you love plays set in small towns. Yes. There's something so tragic <laughs> about, and I'm sure this is a character that pops up in a lot of those shows set mm. in small towns, the young person who wants more that is trapped in the small town and knows they're going to die there. Oh, God. Like, that sort <laughs> of like They'll sure. never leave, they'll never get out. They'll, they'll live and die in this small town. That's Chris. Mm-hmm. Whereas Chloe is the opposite of that. She's the one who's like, I wish we could just stop in one place. Sure. Because we just keep going and going and going.
1: So, yeah. Really, really gorgeous piece. I'm um, really enjoying it. Uh, I do want to refine my opinion on the country towns just in the way of what you okay. just described. Okay. Not that it's important, but I think what I find most interesting about the, the characters in small towns, I prefer the ones, like the characters, uh-huh. <laughs> who's the, I prefer the things... Peripheral to their desire to stay or to leave, you know. I think it's much more interesting sure. um, the, the the ecosystem of the towns themselves, because yes. so they exist so richly as analogy and metaphor. Um, no and, and I don't think that I didn't think that I, I no it, no I, I, just, I you just you just got me you in the mood. yourself correct you yeah no you, know, you just had me past. in the mental mood to express that but I, yes. it's a good setting it's a great setting it's a great setting yeah. Small but, no, but if, if someone's full character is like I oh, fuck this place I want to leave it's like I don't have a lot of patience for you just yeah. leave and then we'll start the story there yeah you know okay sure I've got
0: a lot of patience for those characters because I think that's such a tragedy
1: the ones that leave, or the, the ones, ones that, can't? that want
0: to leave and can't. I think sure. that's tragic. I think that's that's one of the saddest things. Sure. because that's sort of like saying, "Oh, my entire future, I've just got to settle down here and just give myself to this town, and that's it." Which mm. oh my god,
1: when you can see the like when you can see your death coming. Yes, when you can, like look ahead and just see the straight road right down to the end. Like, right. Oh, oh my god. Okay. To oh my god, to feel that moment of like oh my god, I think I can see every step of my life yeah. coming. It's like, why live? (laughs) And not to get way too dark
0: immediately, but I think that's part of the reason I've been feeling quite down over the past few months. Has just Mm. been, especially this new office job, it's just, it's good, I'm settling into it now and I'm happier. But it's just, there wasn't a certain aspect of me that was just like, I could just stay at this job Mm. and work here five days a week until I die. Like, that is so easily what I could do. And I think that has just really
1: shaken me a little bit. Um... Yeah, so I think. Well, that's one of those traps that maybe Carol Churchill was talking about. Maybe in traps. traps. (laughs) So about traps. traps? (laughs) Um,
0: This is where we live. It's where they live. Oh. And I went there to see them live. There.
1: Hey James. Hello. <laughs> okay. Oh <laughs> so, God. So, I I went to see Hell Song. I am so excited to hear about Hell Song. <laughs> so it was like this one-off thing that happened during Fringe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. So, where should I start? First off, it's a play on Hillsong. Song. Which I didn't realise. Magnificent. I didn't even notice that until afterwards and I was telling someone about it and they were like, oh, like Hillsong. And I was like, that's genius. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like trying to sort out because I, had, for some reason, I was like, had a lot of irons in the fire and I hadn't worked out who I was going to go to this thing with. Yeah. Because it like, they essentially kind of described itself as being like a satanic rock opera ritual thing. <sighs> And I was like, huh? And so part of me was like, afraid of asking anyone to come with me because I was worried about what they would say. Not that I have prudish pals, but I was just like, you pitching it. You to be careful. It... Well, I guess. And even just like trying to pitch it to people. I... Also, you need to be careful because what if you go to that show and they need you to bring a sacrifice? <laughs> So it can't be someone you like too much. Uh, Oh, wow. No, I'm glad I didn't have to sacrifice him. So I was, like, trying to sort this out. I was, like, walking through the city and just sort of, like, calling people, texting people, being like, guys, I'm going to a satanic rock opera. I need someone to come with me. And, yeah, I I bothered Lucy. I bothered a, a number of people. And then eventually, I just, Jake. Boil it back to simplicity. Like, who are you going to everything with? My fringe husband, Sebastiano Petruccello. Mm-hmm. So I, like, message him, and I'm like, Sebastiano, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm running for a train, but I just missed it. What's happening? And so then I was like, come to a satanic rock opera with me. And he was like, of course. And I was like, ah, oh, ah. I mean, that's one hell of an evening for Sebastiano. Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. So then we turn up at the fucking fringe hub, uh-huh. and we get in the line. I run into you in the fringe hub. Oh that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. We see each other briefly. I Hello. shove you and then we continue walking. Classic. And then yeah, so then we get in line and Sebastiano's like, What the fuck is this? And I'm like, I'm not super duper sure, but thank you for being here. Whereabouts was it in the print hub? It was like up you know when like you get to the front, like the front of it on Ligon Street. Yes. Is that Ligon Street? Uh sure. Yeah. You get to the front of the building on Ligon Street. Yep. And you know how you're looking at the entranceway that always had like a volunteer on either side of it. Yes. That main entranceway. Instead of walking through that door, you, you turn right, right. Oh to the right. Okay. Yes, and you yes, go yes, up yes. that weird staircase. Yes. So it's up there and then once uh-huh. you're at the top of that staircase Uh on the right is where they would do club fringe a lot yes and then on the left there's another space oh that's where I saw Chappelle Chappelle oh cool yes okay that's a good space great so we were in there hey everyone Um, if you saw Chappelle Chappelle that's where the show was that's where it is (laughs) yeah so we get there we go inside and it's like what is this space so there's no chairs or anything so it feels immediately kind of giggy which is nice okay and yeah we get in and it's like what is this energy you look around as well and it's like okay there's a real like like odd cool dark intensity to all the people quack, that quack. quack quack to the people that were there it was like this is starting to feel special. Oh, wow. I'm enjoying this a lot, and so yeah, me and Sebastiano, we see that there's like a little altar set up at like in front of where the stage is, oh, and I'm like, God. Sebastiano, how close to that altar do we want to be? Because really as you say,
0: as close to the altar as you can. But,
1: but then I also had the thing of like, what if Sebastiano gets sacrificed? Then Sebastiano lived and died doing what he loved. <laughs> uh, so we, yeah, sort of like yeah, got to a position where we felt safe around each other. Where was that? It was how, sort of like how close to the altar were we? I'd say, like, we got closer throughout, but we started maybe like a meter and a half away from the altar, quite right. central. Um, so then we start there, and then there's, like, microphones and, like, a drum kit set up. So it's like, okay, music's about to happen. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so then it starts. So the way it starts is there's, you start, you hear this woman screaming, and it's like, what's happening? Oh. And there's a woman giving birth in the audience. Ah, uh, so in they, the audience. In the audience. And so they take the woman who's having the children. Like, she, she's taking... The, before, before you go on, I just yes. to know how many people are in this audience at this point. It's like... Um, I'm bad at estimating numbers. I'd say it's like a hundred people. Jesus, that's great. It feels... It's it's the perfect sort of density for a, like a music thing. Because yeah, Because it's like, you're great. not elbowing everyone constantly, yeah. but you're not... feel You can't feel by yourself in that space. That's a great... Yeah, cool. Yeah. And so they take this woman who's in labour onto the oh stage, and then she starts giving birth, and then out of her vagina comes <laughs> Serpentina, this, like, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh! And she's got, like... Like what is it? Like red eyes, and like she's dressed as she comes out naked, but then like gets dressed as like this Satan woman. Oh, she's got like ah, uh, just like yeah. Um, so she's just like this beautiful devil lady. Um, and then also comes out the lead singer of the band. Oh my god, <laughs> so these oh, two look. Pushing babies out. Yep, just has these twins. And then, so we've got this beautiful satanic lady and then we have the lead singer. Yeah. And then, then it starts. So then there's like three backing vocalists. There's a drummer. There's guitarists. There's like this whole band happening. And then they proceed throughout this thing which goes for, I guess, like an hour and a half. They do a bunch of these wonderful like rock songs.
0: Oh my God. Um,
1: And then, but throughout that it's kind of, yeah, the whole thing is the idea that it's like a, like a, like a satanic ritual. And so throughout, it's just like, oh my God. So throughout the entire thing, um there was this part where sort of like a little bit of the way into it um, the lead singer starts talking about uh starts talking about Jesus. Right. I, I, and then like Sebastiano nudges me with his little elbow and he's like, Jake, look over there. And I look over and Jesus is there. Ah! <laughs> And was like, oh my god, it's Jesus. And like, in the audience, or? Yeah, there's this man dressed as Jesus. Oh my god. And I was like, what's happening? And then, and the lead singer, in one of my favourite sentences I've ever heard, was like, Jesus, show yourself, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesus goes on stage and like, sings this like, rap song. Oh. Um, There was this other really great part where this, uh, this woman came out and she was like, uh, claiming to be, she sort of gets picked out of the audience, Pretendingly at random uh-huh. And she's this woman That belongs to I think the Hillsong Church But she's this very like Devout Christian woman yep. Who talks about All this oppression And it's this really stunning Like a wonderfully written monologue About Even just like It brings up some of the Contradictions of That that whole faith One of them being like God gave me armpit hair So that I could shave it To look good Like that yeah. These kind of things Where it's like Oh god it is crazy That these people Have romanticised This style of oppression In pursuit of appeasing God mm. Um But then of course what then ends up happening is she kind of like gets won over to this satanic way of thinking. And so like takes off all of her Christian clothes and then then is like baptized into the satanic church. Yes. And then she's like walking around feeding people red wine that she's pretending is her menstrual blood. Like it's just incredible. Um, And it was another one of those experiences. Like after we saw this like me and Sebastian we were just like we're just like on the tram together, just like luxuriating in this confusing style of like we'd been reborn in some That's sort of like amazing it's like it felt like a bunch of our like mental shackles have been like tinkered with or something. Oh my God. It's like, what's happening? And um there was this very beautiful thing that like I don't know if they said it literally, but it was very much this very oh my god like this beautiful essence of like and I'd never thought about it this way before but the idea of like God being above us and his presence and opinions and perspective being very oppressive and pushing us down back into ourselves from above oh, wow. whereas Satan comes from below us and is indor- like endorses and supports all of those things that organically happen inside of us wow. and is trying to encourage us from below to let them out of ourselves wow
0: so you're a Satanist now
1: I'm a Satanist now God, it was so beautiful. That sounds amazing. That yeah. sounds
0: like one of those experience, theater experiences that you just do not forget forever. Oh my God, yes.
1: There was a part where they healed a man's foot. <laughs> 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 um, and then, yeah, and I think one sentence is, as you're saying, it's a sentence that will stick with me for quite some time. Um, and it was during the this Christian woman being baptized. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this beautiful, these very beautiful sentence that were said very just kind of like aggressively and loudly and casually. Just the thing of like the problem with how you feel is like the problem isn't that the the things you're doing are bad. In terms of like talking about sin, like the problem isn't the things you're doing. The problem is the fact that you feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And if you get rid of that, like imagine the freedom. Imagine all the murders you could do. Imagine all the murders you could do. But even like, and of course, but catching it in the idea of religion it's like, look at the, what you're actually, like, look at the mechanics of what you are physically doing with your word and body. Yeah. You know, it's and, and, and the, the things you are doing largely are not bad. Like, of course, don't do anything atrocious, but the things that you're doing are not inherently bad. The thing that is making your life difficult to survive is the fact that you heap so much shame on top of what you're doing.
0: Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Um,
1: That's the thing. So it was littered with all of this, like, profundity and coolness while also being all this really astounding, wonderful, like, brash rock music these amazing vocalists um and it was just like fun and just freeing god that sounds good it was really great it was Uh, really strange is is it a
0: group that does things like this often or they go
1: around and do stuff so it's like it seems like the sort of thing that they do in like different it seems almost like the the extent to which i've looked at like what serpentina gets up to and what like this band gets up to it they seem to be touring at least a fair bit right now and i think they perform at like Pubby music venues right. is where they tend to go. I don't know how much it's always so theatrically that satanized. It
0: tends to do all the time.
1: Yeah, and I imagine that's part of why they only did it one time, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and maybe they also did it one time so that they could, I don't know, maybe kind of like have it only be full of people that would be like super into it. Maybe yeah, that's fe- as opposed to diluting the audience with kind of like people of that are passively interested. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah. No, wow. it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. People got ashes smeared on their foreheads. It was oh. yeah. It was really, really great.
0: Do you reckon they'll do it again?
1: I super hope so. We should go because if they do. I would love do. to go and see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um no. Really great time. The whole thing was just so impressive and strange and, oh. yeah. and just loud and invigorating. Jake, and me and Sebastiano were bonded forever. Why do you have a forked tongue, Jake? Oh my god. <laughs> Jake, are those horns? <laughs> oh. oh God! <laughs> ah! You don't know me anymore. <laughs> ah! Great. Okay, cool. Great. I nailed it. Yeah. So just so you guys know at home, we are like hunkering down and doing a bunch of these today. Yeah. So what we're about to go and do is like, we have to get food inside of James before he passes away. Please. Um. And then we're going to come right back and then do more of this. So, so, we'll see you in like you a soon. second. Um, yeah, as usual, um, we may already disagree with everything we just said. Our Friends don't let friends become theatre critics. That is a hard fact.
0: That is a hard fact and a hard thing to
1: say. Yeah, well, for some of us. For some of us. Some of us know how to speak. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's a, a lie. Line. And you are, still have your trading wheels on. Dear listeners, <laughs> we have listeners who are dears. <laughs> <Ooh, woo. laughs> Elk <laughs> listeners, moose <laughs> listeners,
0: goose <laughs> listeners, Hong Kong, Hong Kong.